We have an awesome show for you guys today. The greatest defender of all time. Good news for the sport. Welcome to the John and Rick Show, brought to you by Horse Trailer Pros, and we are here. Uh, what episode is this? Did we decide? I think this is episode twelve. Episode twelve, big week. We had Lamullen just happen. We did. Uh, we've been getting flooded here in Florida, ridiculously. Well, we needed it. Thank goodness that it's here. But we got a lot. Yeah. I mean, yeah. literally, the studio is floating. Yeah, right now. It's like we got our. This morning, I was joking. I was like, I'm building an ark. Yeah. And I was calling people going, two by two, I'm loading it up now. I was actually feeling guilty as I was complaining about the rain, because I think the people in Canada would love the rain right now. Well, we needed rain. We really did. Yeah. So it is here. I think we got, it, we had to have had 12 inches. I don't know. I'm really bad at knowing how much rain there is. Well, whatever it There's is, we lot. got it. But welcome to us. Yeah, exactly. Welcome to us. Um, so Lamoulin happened. I think that would be the big thing. So Laura Collette won. I know, on, on London, 52. London 52. And I want to see it. Apparently, there's like, she's really good on social media. There's like video or TikTok video of her when she jumps him, like the first jump of the season, and he like bucks and is does all kinds of and stuff. Just like airs above the ground, and then he goes out and, you know, wins his five star. And then goes, it's his third five star win. It's pretty impressive. So that's a hat trick, huh? Yeah. yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that is a hat trick. She didn't win him in a row. Right. Because badminton, she didn't win. But, well, the last badminton. Well, but this is the next spring, so you yeah. can say it's in, in a row. Or was it badminton last year she won? It might be a hat trick for her. It might be her third five-star. Right. Well. Because I know she had trouble, unfortunately, at, at um, the World Championships. Right. So. We'll call it a hat trick. We're going to throw hats at her the next I think, time we I see I think her. it should be cool horse. She said a horse of a lifetime. I know she's got another one coming up behind him uh, that she did have a little bit of, I think she retired. Um, that one, but it looks like a really cool horse as well. It's young, and she's going through. I think it was its first five star. So who else? We had uh, uh, we Boyd, had an American. Yeah, Boyd was awesome. So he it's had like fourth and eighth. Uh, yep. So he was fourth and eighth. That's right. Um, yeah, Luke Luke one forty and, and Fetterman B. So Annie Goodwin's horse, bless her, she was there on on a eighth place at Lumiel and good good for the memory and and thoughts for her. It's pretty amazing, huh? Yeah. Um, and then the other one I thought that was pretty neat for America was Sydney Elliott. Ah, um, oh, she was awesome. Because, you know, she goes over to Lamullen and she finishes, what was she, four, 17th, 17th. Um, but, like, she starts on a score of 37.8. And I feel like she's done that a couple times where the dressage just isn't, it's unfortunate. it hasn't come that, together. That horse, that horse can score really well. Right. And I think it gets tense yep. in big moments, but you're right. Yep. So you'd start there and like conventional thinking, you'd say, oh, well, you can't be competitive at a five-star if you're on a 37.8 unless you jump two double clear rounds and then you sure can. And congratulations to her. I mean, that's, yeah. that's awesome. She was good because she was the first double clear cross country at the Mulan with that horse. It's the first one to make it around, uh, no jump, no time, and she set the pace for everybody else to catch up with her. Yeah, so. So that was good. Good for you, Sydney, because you are a cool girl. I know the owner, Carol Stevens, is probably super happy for her. Yep. Um, we had other Americans there Well, I just as turned well. it off. I was uh, it's all right. Uh, uh, unfortunately, I, th I know Catherine Coleman did finish on another one of her horses. She was at badminton and had her other five-star finish. Um, Catherine is located in England, so she was there for that. 
in yeah, Germany. And then Boyd had Sesterleg <laughs> there, who had an unfortunate sure. run out in the water. Yep. And then Hallie Our Kuhn style. was there on Global EX and unfortunately did not get that one around. And then Matt Flynn was there on Wizard. Um, and I think I heard he's rerouting to Poland. That's what I was like. He does a lot of rerouting. Well, you sometimes you got to reroute. Reroute. I mean, it's... He'll it, get it. It's an awesome horse. Matt does a good job. I've, I love the Wizard. Yeah. So... Yeah. Um, so other things happening other than that. We have Aachen coming up. Yeah. And Aachen has the team drawn. Um, I do know uh, the four-star up was also at four-star short. Was that Lemuel? And, and yep. Dan Creedle, I, I was rooting for him, and he, he, he didn't make it round, but I think he's getting prepped for Aachen as an individual. Um, so good luck to you, Dan, uh, over there. I know it's tough, your first European tour. Uh, you'll you'll get it done. Um, uh, Hallie Coon had one in that as well. Yeah, she had a cute girl. Cute girl. She she had she to retired. Retire. Yep. Um, and I think was that the only two? That was it. Yep. Okay. Yep. We got it covered. Who won the four short? The four short was won by uh, the one, who do you think won? Guess. Piggy French. No, it's a German, and it's not a man. Go for it. Julia and I'm going to screw up her last name. Oh. Julia Krajewski. Yeah, yeah. Which is not how you say it. But, but she's good. I want to say Shashevsky because that's like a basketball coach. Right. But that's not it either. But she's super cool. I actually met her um, at one of the FEI meetings that we Nick, went to. Why haven't you gotten her up on the at show? Aintree. I should actually. Yeah. I'll see what I can do. We'll talk to our people who talk to people. Okay. And we'll see if we can get to her people, and then we'll try to get her on. That'd be great. Yeah. Uh, lots. What else is going on in your world? I know we're doing World Equestrian Center right now. We did last week with our medium pony, uh, and we are doing him again this week. And then my Ingo Mar Dingo. Right. He's here Where somewhere. Is, he? um, is that him? Yep, that's him right there. He's doing that's the Hunter Derby. Oh, sweet. Yeah. When is I'm, that? I'm not doing. I got oh. Jamie Gibson doing it. Okay. Because I wanted I wanted a hunter rider on him. You know, I wanted him to go out and do really I well. Think you could do it. I. You but, can crest release with the best of them. I bet you I can. But I can't, I think I really wanted Jamie to do it just to get him a good good go out there. So he's doing the performance hunters and then he's going to do the 3639 Hunter Derby on Friday morning. Awesome. Good thing is, it's all indoors. Oh, I didn't know. We're that. not outside. Right. The jumper stuff's outside. Some of the jumper, the big jumpers are. Right. Uh, the little jumpers are inside. Most of the hunter classes are inside. So, you know, we're, I'm hoping we're I'm going to head over there next week. Mine will all jump and then. I'm, fingers crossed, going to take my boat to Wisconsin, but it's like last minute. You're going to drive your boat all the way to Wisconsin that you, you run the motor and burn it up? I didn't, oh, didn't burn up the motor. He did. Burn I burned up. up the jet on it, but I think I've got that sorted. And did I, we talk about this before, what you did? I'm sure he we started the, a boat motor without water running. That's not boat. true. There was water to the engine, just not to the jet. <laughs> And apparently that is a bad idea. And yeah, you know, I'm sorry because I know you really like that boat. Oh, it's gonna be. So Are you gonna cool. water ski behind it? Well, I mean, I'm hoping I can just. Can it? Is it, it even usable for that? It's more like a sports like. What? Here, look at me. We'll see. Are you compensating? We used to ski behind a boat just like that. Are you compensating? With an old boat? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. <laughs> With a Jamish. small old boat. Are you going to drive it all the way to Wisconsin? Yeah, well, that's where it's going to live. Oh, okay. You're taking it to your brother who wants you to I'm not... taking it to my he mom's does... house in northern Wisconsin. Okay. And the plan your brother probably wants you to not, not touch it anymore. No, he's fine. He's... Was he mad? No, not at all. His, his, his advice to me was that's how you learn how to fix things is you break them. Yeah. Well, there you go. 
but fortunately he was in Arizona when he told me that and he couldn't punch me. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a cool boat. Everybody probably wondering what boat you got. Maybe you should refresh everybody. Well, no, this is going to be, this is going to be built up. Okay. When the boat is running. Yeah. Hopefully this year, but maybe next. I will make an awesome reel because I'm a social media icon now making my reels on yeah. Instagram mm -hmm. of my boat and you guys will all see it then. You're going to love it. So That's cool. So we're going to do. So I think what we should do now is take a break and then we're going to be back with Marshall Kulak. Yeah. Yeah. So let's do that and we'll be right back. Cool. Want to advertise on the John and Rick show? Contact John at 352-875-8622 or call Rick at 850-879-2649. For a horse owner on the road, your trailer is essential. No one enjoys being stuck on the road. At Horse Trailer Pros, we repair, renovate, and maintain all makes and models of horse trailers. We work directly with your insurance company or manufacturer for warranty repairs and insurance claims. Our state-of-the-art facility provides quick turnaround and friendly customer service. Considering a living quarter conversion, we do those too. Find comfort on the road with Horse Trailer Pros. Call or text 352-804-2131. Horsetrailerpros.com. Hey, it's John here. I just want to let you guys know I got back from schooling at Magnolia Sands Farm here in Ocala, Florida. Their cross-country field is perfectly suited for a first outing on a young horse or schooling your upper-level horse. Magnolia Sands offers over 110 jumps ranging from starter to intermediate, plus multiple banks, ditches, and waters. They're constantly updating their courses and have even added new ditches and a starter ditch wall. Conveniently located in Northeast Ocala, Magnolia Sands has made it easy for riders and trainers with online waivers, Venmo, and PayPal, and even offer a golf cart for guests. MagnoliaSandsFarm.com Acrobrew, now available in the USA. It's a live probiotic that you feed daily to your horses. The live microbes go into your horse's gut and cleans up the gut wall, creating a healthy gut system. Acrobrew is an essential part of my feeding program. My horses love to eat it and it does a really good job of promoting gut health and also good behavior and great performances. It's something I recommend for all of your horses no matter what they do in their careers. It's so affordable, I can use it on all of my horses in the barn, not just my top horses. Order Equibrew today by going to BrickfieldNutrition.com or calling 850-879-2649. Welcome back to the John and Rich Show, brought to you by Horse Trailer Pros. We are in our Equibrew um, segments. Thanks so much, Equibrew. It is a great live probiotic that works on your horse's gut health to let it really thrive and work for all your supplements you're feeding, I suggest you feed it uh, and really get on to it. John, you do it, don't you? Yeah, I've got all of my horses on it. It is awesome stuff. It's like horse kombucha, but better. It just, honestly, Rick, the thing it does for my horses is it makes them want to eat. It makes them a little bit, I think the temperamental one's a little less temperamental. Um, and it's super easy to give because you just like pour it into a little um, measuring cup and dump it in your... You got it. Now you froze. Are you there, Marsha? I'm here. All right. Now we have, this is fun, Marsha. We're having technical difficulties and it's not you. <laughs> John, what happened to you? So we're going to keep going. Marsha Kulak's joining us and she is one of my great friends. We've known each other for a very long time, Marsha. Um, 
you have done a lot in eventing and let us let us hear a little bit about i know the big huge one which is really cool is you won checkmate four star uh back which would have been a five star now correct uh no it would have been a four star now it was a three star oh, the three star then okay so we got to move these stars around right we do yeah. Um, but you've competed all over the uh, United States and in Europe, and you were even a selector, I believe. Yes, for five years. Five years a selector for our U.S. team. How was that for you? You know, it's a great experience. I think it gives you a completely different perspective on um, how teams are chosen and how challenging it is to pull everything together for a horse and rider for basically a four-day competition and have them be peaked at that time and put a team together, you know, one that's cohesive, um, horses that adapt to given circumstances. I look back to 2014 and I think of how the dramatic weather change a few days before those world games happened totally changed the perspective of the horses that we had selected because the footing became heavy, deep, uh, it was a very difficult terrain. I actually went to the test event in 2013, and it was amazing to me that it was hot and dry in 2013. And in 2014, it was 180 degrees the other way. And so it, it really makes you recognize how challenging it is to put, in this case, we I think we had six slots, but four horses for a team that are going to suit the circumstances and what you think the circumstances are going to be and what they ultimately are on competition day is is really hard and uh, i think selectors at that time we were also uh, selecting for scholarships you know money um, so we were looking at the whole pipeline and right. i think we're doing a better job today you know in the last six or eight years creating a pipeline which to me is something that Europe, many of the top event countries, England, they had way, you know, a way better system of getting their pipeline going sooner. We're doing, we're doing better now. And I think now you start to see that we're reaping the rewards for that process, but it's, it's a hard job and it's also a volunteer job. So, you know, you have your business that you're running. Um, there's a lot more traveling and time and commitment. Uh, I'm glad that I, you know, was, was selected to be a selector, you know, I think that right. that's an honor, but it comes with a, you know, it's a hard job. It's big and responsibility. I and responsibility. I, I would say this, that, you know, being on the other side, Marsha, because you were selected for 92, I know something got in the way of that, but being on the other side as a rider and then being a selector, I think you, you can be sensitive to the fact there's a lot of things that go into that. But John, I know you might have some questions, but I wanted to ask Marsha this. I know to your point that where we are today in our eventing, in our riding, and in, in our, our sport of eventing, you know, we all wished for it to be televised and out there for the world to see. And now that that's happening, we're having to deal with a lot of different things. So tell me your perspective. You're, you're on a writer's committee and me and you are, and we talk a lot about writer's responsibility and what's going on in the world today what you have some really good ideas I see your mom yeah <laughs> um, tell us what's going on in your head well I I think today the responsibility because of social media it starts in the very beginning it starts if you're writing beginner novice or novice yeah. you're posting on social media you're actually part of the fold um, because everything is public now and 
the the general sporting public, non-horsey public, I don't think they necessarily know the difference between eventing and show jumping and horse racing. And, you know, they might view it from a totally different perspective than we do. And so uh, as we have discussed in our meetings, we recognize that we have to educate every Buddy who is riding and posting and competing, we have to educate them that we're now the general public. We're putting our we're putting our sport out there every weekend, and that so what we post and how we post it and how we become perceived and how we actually help educate the public is really critical. And it's critical at every level, not just our high profile, you know, the ones that we see on TV or that, but but as I say, the beginner, novice, novice training, preliminary people that are going to the AECs or just doing a local event, what they put out there and what they post counts. So I think it comes down today to really trying to educate your riders, your students, um, but also anybody that, that you meet in passing and that certainly us as a committee, how we can do a better job making sure that everyone who's integrated in our sport recognizes that they play a role in how our sport is perceived. Yeah, John. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a, it's a really good point, Marsha, and I've been um, sort of talking about this um, at all different kinds of levels, because like you, I volunteer for all this stuff. And um, I guess my question to you is, how do you think we get people to understand that, get competitors to understand that, um, and then make sure that somehow we hold everybody accountable to that because you're right. It just takes one person saying the wrong thing. Um, and it comes down on the whole horse world. I mean, absolutely. I'm here in Ocala, which is one of, if not the most equine based communities in the world. And when I tell people that I do event horses in town, it used to be racehorses. Now it's WEC and Right. I just say, yeah, that's what I do. Cause it's way easier than trying to explain what eventing is. Um, but every, everything that gets posted out there on social media, good, better, and different, it falls down on all of us. So do you think we have to have like a stronger code of conduct or is this just, we just need to keep the word out there and keep asking people to do it? Well, I, I do think code of conduct is valuable, but perhaps from a different avenue where we could touch more people, uh, I suggested that, you know, the rider reps at every event are very underutilized. We've all been rider reps. How many times have we actually had to be a rider rep at an event? Relatively speaking, not very often. So perhaps we have an avenue working with organizers and working with the officials. And for instance, at the FEI events where you have one star, two star, three star, some newly integrated people, have the officials recognize the rider rep at the riders meeting and let that rider rep get up. And it's almost always a, a person of high standing with great respect that's that's a rider rep and have them articulate the importance of us being aware that every person in the room, every person in our sport plays a role. And I think we can go a long way. Here's another you know, avenue, what, what we're doing right now, anybody who listens to this should have a perspective. Wow, I do count, even if I am a lower level rider and I'm posting on social media, I count just as much as the rest of us do. So again, it comes down to ed education. And I sort of feel like positive education is 
way more effective than simply a code of conduct and trying to hold people to, to rules. If you make lower level people feel really important and that what they do is just as significant as what we do, then perhaps we get a greater involvement. We, we get a greater tune, you know, people actually begin to hear what we have to say. So I think there's a variety of avenues um, for sure, ERA of NA, posting it on our social media and helping people recognize how, how vital their role is, is really important. Another avenue is making better use of our rider reps and being sure that we have a voice with the officials. And I think you can see the evolution of, of officiating and riders being hopefully more of a, a unit that works together rather than them and us which I'm sure over the years, we've all been on both sides of that feeling. And we sometimes we felt like the officials are not necessarily on our side. Whereas with more open communication and with a real program, I think as riders, we have the bulk of the responsibility. You know, we're the ones that get in the start box and go through the flags, but it doesn't mean that the course designers, the the uh, officials, the TDs, that we can all work together to provide a better, safer, more positive experience. But that takes everybody getting on the same page in the playbook. Yep, I, I totally agree with that, Marsha. And, um, and, and to your point, I think uh, it is a place that we're all working on. Um, John, I don't know, you know, when we talk about officials or having, you know, a difference of opinion or if it's them against us, I think, I think we're working a little bit better toward that. I know I've become because of some of, of issues with us on on bidding and stuff like that. I've become very close friends with stewards and TDs, and having conversations about FEI rules and how they're implemented. and And I can truly say I think a lot of a lot of the stewards and a lot of the TDs are very conscientious of wanting to help. And, and so that is a good thing that I'm seeing out there. Yeah, I mean, for, and, for sure. Sorry, go go ahead, ahead. You know, as a rider rep, occasionally I'll go to the organizer and say, you know, who are the officials? And I'll introduce myself. And on a couple of occasions, they said, you know, we, we almost don't always know who the rider rep is and what role they're playing. And I think if I open the door, if I go to them and say, hey, if you need me, here's where I'm stable or here's my phone number and make sure that you put me to use. Um, yeah, and I totally agree. I think we, we all saw, John, what is our time on our segment so far? We're at 12 minutes, but it's fine. I just wanted to say, Marcia, a lot of things have come up this, this year that has been shown. I think we saw some tired horses at badminton. There's a lot of reasons for that. Right of responsibility to pull up. You know, that is a top five-star event and where horses have to be very well prepared. But I think animal welfare today is very important because what we, what a lot of people out there, like you said, on the general public looking in, don't realize what kind of care our horses really do get and that they are looked well after and that the, the biggest thing and the furthest thing from all of us wanting to do is to hurt our animal. So I think we need to promote that and try to minimize what might look bad and explain if things are looking bad, what, what that look really is. What do you think about that? Yeah. And, and I think that we are really challenged now because racing is under the microscope right. and, and not a way that racing would like to be under the microscope. And I feel like that's a, that's a sport 
that 25, 30 years ago didn't take the bull by the horns and say, you know, we need to make some changes here. And so now social media exploded. Everybody's at the racetrack with a camera. And of course, we all know these high visibility, Derby, Belmont tragedies that have occurred put that horse welfare in a greater perspective. And uh, that's, again, where we have to we have to try to educate the general public about the care our horses get, the meticulous drug rules that we fall under that racing doesn't necessarily adhere to, um, and, and the preparation that it takes to get a horse. Listen, think of the preparation it takes to get a horse and rider to beginner, novice, and novice, much less getting <laughs> our top horses to uh, five-star or championships. So uh, once again, it's great if we can encourage people to, when they post something on social media, say they win a ribbon at novice or training or beginner novice, to say, wow, you know, I've been three years in the making to get to this point. This is the commitment that I made to my horse, to my riding, to be able to compete here and win win a prize. Yeah. Uh, and I-, yeah, I I totally get that. I think we have a lot we can talk about, but I, I really wanted you on the show to kind of open the door of what is happening right now and that there are committees and people out there, all of us included, yeah. that are working on this. So I think for the John and Rick show, we'll we'll keep that open avenue and keep talking about it, John. And maybe we can post some stuff on our, our social media page when uh, ERINA gets things out there through the USDA. A lot of acronyms, everybody. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> United States Eventing Association and the North America um, Eventing Writers Association, which is now a part of the USEA. Yeah, right. and I will just I'll just finish with this for both of you guys because I think this is interesting. So I, I'm lucky I get to see this on sort of the local horse trial level all the way up to the FEI. And the FEI in the meeting this year talked about this exact thing. It's obviously a really important piece of it. And I think the big thing that everybody who's watching this and Marsha, you hit on so well is we need to do a better job about putting out positive stories. Right. You know, there was, I remember Clayton Fredericks a couple of summers ago was put a video out of how he was bringing been a long time in from the paddock and been a long time was like feeling amazing. There's a horse that won a five star. Um, and I think it's great for people who are casual fans of the sport to see that that horse is in his retirement being looked after by his rider. Um, I try to show my retired horses when they're done, how they get looked after and, and, and the great care that our horses that are competing get looked after. Um, I know Laura Collette does a great job um, with her horse that she just won Lamillan on London 52, right? Got the yep. number right. Um, yep. And how she works with him at home and what a character he is. Um, and I think the more we can put that positive spin out there, because to me, we're not going to change the mind of the extreme people who don't want horses in sport. But what we do need to do is show the people who maybe don't quite know a lot about it that, hey, because our horses are in sport, they have a pretty amazing life. And they wouldn't even exist if it weren't for horse sport. Correct. Well said. So, so, so thank with you that. Thank you very much, Marsha, for joining us. And we'll, we're going to have to have you come back for some more shows later on in the future. John, we're almost to episode 100. Oh, uh, we have something special for that. Special celebration. Thanks again, Marsha. Such a great person, such a great friend. And thanks for all your advocacy and work with our industry and our horses across the board. You're also in the hunter jumper world as well. So kudos to you. 
Thanks everybody for Equibrew. We're going to come back with you and and uh, segment three. Uh, who do we have coming up? We got uh, Buck, right? Buck Davidson it's, it's, coming in. All yeah, right. No, wait. We don't have Buck. Buck's later. We've got Forrest Yeah. Oh, Forrest Yeah, and then yeah, we got a little special segment with Forrest Yeah and uh, Hippo Richard. So we're going to check in with them, see all their awesome saddles, and then. You guys hang tight because then we got Buck and there's like so much controversy, so much controversy with Buck. We can't wait to have him on. Yeah. All right. Let's go. Thanks, Thanks, Marcia. Equibrew now available in the USA. It's a live probiotic that you feed daily to your horses. The live microbes go into your horse's gut and cleans up the gut wall, creating a healthy gut system. Equibrew is an essential part of my feeding program. My horses love to eat it, and it does a really good job of promoting gut health and also good behavior and great performances. It's something I recommend for all of your horses, no matter what they do in their careers. It's so affordable, I can use it on all of my horses in the barn, not just my top horses. Order Equibrew today by going to BrickfieldNutrition.com or calling 850-879-2649. Grant Showalter has over 15 years of equine bodywork and saddle fitting experience. His technique allows him to identify and alleviate tightness in muscles. He uses trigger point massage to release points of restriction. Grant has over a decade of experience fitting and adjusting a wide variety of saddles. His expertise in equine physiology coupled with a thorough understanding of the importance of a properly fitted saddle allows him to quickly identify and correct any balance issues. Grant can also adjust your saddle on site. Grant works on all of my competition horses and I have noticed a significant improvement in their performance at competitions and their overall way of going. Grant's based in Ocala, Florida year-round, but regularly travels to the surrounding areas. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 484-639-4454. Since 1950, Maison Forestier has been offering its know-how to design custom-made saddles for passionate riders. In 2016, Maison Forestier took a turn and expanded into the sports world with the goal of improving the performance of the rider-horse pair. You will find a professional, reactive, and fun team to answer your needs. And this is why I have chosen Forestier for all of my saddlery needs. Feel free to contact the saddle expert in your area for more information by visiting www.forestier.com. Hi, my name's Leslie Law, and we are a proud supporter of Jump for Joy. We've been using their portable cross-country jumps now for about 10 to 15 years. We love these jumps because as you can see, they're very easy to move. It would only take another person on the other side and I could place this fence wherever I wanted to very easily. Welcome back to the John and Rick Show brought to you by Horse Trailer Pros and we're now very fortunate to be joined by Hippo Richard who is with Forest DA Saddles. So thanks for coming in, man. No, thanks for having me. Yeah, we this really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> honored. Yeah, so full disclosure, I am lucky enough that I am actually sponsored by Forestier, <laughs> and that was not by accident. Um, I went with you guys because you're the best. Thank you. <laughs> and I think one thing that's really important is you're the best team of people. To me, this is definitely the main thing. I mean, to say that we have the best saddles on the market is definitely something I would like to say, but I don't think we are the only good saddles on the market. Yeah, I'd say you're the best, but uh, yeah, okay. You know, I can't say it myself, <laughs> but uh, what I think is that if we have a good team, feel that we have kind of a family around you, this is, to me, the biggest challenge. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Like, again, for me, it's just knowing that when I need something, I've got someone I can call who's going to 
be attentive to what the horse needs, what I need, and, and all of that. So um, you are the leader of the team. So why don't we start with you? Just how did you... I mean, first of all, let's go back to the beginning. How did you get into horses? What have you done <laughs> So I've been wise? doing horses all my life, I would say, uh, since I'm five-year-old. I'm on a pony, on a horse, you know, keeping going. Um, and then at the age of 17, I left to the UK to right. actually ride horses and learn English. So it needs to get better still. But it's <laughs> pretty is... good. It's way better than my French. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right then. Um, and so, yeah, I joined a, um, a rider that is called Jody Amos, um, in the UK, so I've been riding three years over there professionally. Um, I went up to as in eventing, eventing, yeah, yes. of course, yeah, right. yeah. Uh, so I went up to four star level, uh, but mostly doing young, young horses. I was lucky enough to have really good horses and a good good program around me to go up the levels. And then uh, at some point, I just wanted to have other dreams, you know, do other things. Um, and so then I had a friend called Alexi, who is uh, my partner in time right now uh, to, to do forestry in the US, right. uh, calling me and said, you know, we have this project to launch Forestier, to launch it back in, in France. Uh, Forestier is one of the oldest French saddle makers in, in France. He's the one who invented the monoflap saddle. You know, he's, he used to be a, like so, the Rolls Royce. So the he's saddles. the guy that came up with the monoflap. Exactly. Right, like, that's uh, amazing. So the first one was called Elysee. This, is, this was the first monoflap that existed uh, in France, in, in the world, actually. Um, so the story of Foresti is kind of special because uh, the guy was uh, helping the army after the Second World War. So he was one of the first to make saddles for the army in France. Right. Um, and then as it went ongoing, you know, he started to do sports saddles. And as marketing came up in the 1990s, he started to go a little bit down because he didn't follow that. He was a visionary guy for saddles, right. not so much for marketing. Um, and so in 2016, uh, we, start, we thought, okay, we need to get this giant and put it out there again, right. but modernize everything. So. And so you're the first people to bring the name, to bring the brand to North America. So luckily we had people working a little bit with Forestier already, like right. kind of you, yeah, <laughs> who yeah. were there since, I mean, three, four years. Yeah. Um, but I would say the real launch where we have like a sales force and also people able to, to be experts for you guys, to follow you guys even more, it has been 10 months. It's okay. a big launch for us. You know, we, we really go out uh, strongly and I would say it's been 10 months. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, so then you move over here, you make this big launch about 10 months ago. The other thing that I knew, but I didn't really realize until we went to Kentucky for the five-star with Zach, yeah. um, was the team that you have over here. Yeah. So, so who's, who do you have? You know, we have many challenges. Uh, definitely follow you guys is something special. So the team uh, is, to me, the key. Right. If we have the right team, we have the right energy around you guys, we know performance can be such details. Yep. And to me, to have the right environment for you guys uh, as, a, as athlete is, uh, is important. So it's a whole, it's definitely... Uh, everybody that is in your barn every day is yep. also having a good saddle maker following you. Um, so we have now one guy called Matthew in Florida. Yep. We have one guy called Paul who is up north in Ohio, Michigan. Yep. We have a lady that is wonderful in Kentucky, Tennessee. She's called Polly. And now we have two new guys. They are both called Guillaumes. <laughs> they are two French guys. Right. One in uh, uh, Carolina, doing North Carolina, South Carolina, and then one doing Pennsylvania, New Jersey. So in 10 months, we employed five people right. and uh, we plan on keeping going because uh, yeah we want to keep following you, you guys even more and so right now you basically have the whole east coast exactly covered. The east coast is, is the plan covered. to keep moving across i would say because we try to be specialized in eventing and to really be able to be in ocala in wellington in many places we need to keep improving in the in the east coast and right. be uh, really really strong but definitely as soon as we find the right people we'll go on so the you're not gonna and i think this is important 
you're not going to just grow for the sake of growing. No, make sure you do it right. Exactly. To me, the key in business is to be uh, like 100% the leader of your market. It can right. be a small market. It doesn't matter. Right. And to be able to do good after-sales service. I think yeah. nowadays, you know, uh, I'm not going to name some brands out there that are able to deliver you uh, things in 48 hours maximum. Right. But we are used to have such good service that to me, it's the challenge of the 21st century, you know, giving good service all the time. Well, and absolutely. And in, in my experience, you guys have done that. So hopefully. Then the next thing... <laughs> And probably, to be honest, the equally important thing are actually the saddles. Yeah, saddles. So saddles, when we restarted the brand, um, it was super important for us to have uh, to keep the identity of the brand because the brand was like the Rolls Royce of the saddles, you know. Yep. So authenticity, craftsmanship, comfort, all this was um, uh, the only thing I would say that Jean Forestier had in his mind at the start of the saddles. And so as much as we wanted to modernize, to be able to do more marketing, to to be able to um, to be better as far as marketing, we wanted the saddles to keep that kind of, uh, of image. Okay? Right. So these were the challenges. And so we still work with uh, French leather. I mean, I hope you find them beautiful. They are but, beautiful uh, saddles. This is yeah what we do. So we have three tanneries that are still all in France. Um, so one is in the north of France, next to, next to Strasbourg, it's doing the grain leather. One is in Belac, in the center of France, doing the calf leather. And then we have an amazing tannery in the south of France, in a small village called, called Espelette. And to me, the key thing was to keep the good materials. So the saddles are still made in France, in Biarritz. Yep. Um, Bidar, exactly, next to Biarritz. Uh, the leather is, is from there. We use still uh, beech wood trees that are made in France as well, uh, French arsonnerie. Uh, so to me, to keep the authenticity of the saddle was key. Right. And then it was to find a design and actually follow studies that are nowadays out there to do uh, the perfect saddle for the horse and the rider. So if you want, we can have yeah, a look at them. Yeah, let's look at one because I, I ride in this one cross yeah. country. This is the badminton, yeah, right? Correct, the badminton. And to, I mean, it's really unique looking with this here. Yeah. But it is, I like a true cross country saddle when yeah. I'm going yeah. cross country. I mean, I love, I show jump in this one. Yeah. That's a beautiful saddle. And then that's the one I do my dressage in. Yeah. Again, they're all just so balanced and great. But this thing, to me, is such a cool saddle. So this one has been so well thought. So, so this one is the, the last one that we released. Right. Um, to me, the main challenge of that one is to respect the two big positions that we can have, uh, the two main ones in cross-country. The first one being uh, in a safety position when you go to a, a combination. Yeah. So when you do that in this one, you're going to kind of sit, and so your knee is going to go forward. And yeah, and so be able for, just for the people who are on the podcast and not seeing this, this is the badminton cross-country saddle we're talking about, and it is... It is an extreme cross-country saddle. Yeah, yeah, so, anyway, so sorry, go ahead. Yeah, no, no, that's fine. I, as you said, I mean, super forward flap, flat seat, definitely a cross-country saddle. It's been kind of thought on the design on the race kind of saddles. Yep. You know, you can see this, uh, this shape. So there is design, but there is also this, this block that is kind of particular. So as I was saying, it respects two, big po two main positions. Uh, the first one being that when you sit, you're able to kind of secure your knee in the yeah, saddle. Yeah, you can just lock in right behind You can right just lock there. it in and you're safe. This was the, the, the first challenge, I would say. And then one that we don't think about is that cross-country, as you know, <laughs> can be super long. Yes. And so you need to rest, uh, especially when you're galloping. This is a, a moment where you're actually uh, standing on your, on your legs and it can be super long. So the plan is to have a parallel block to your, to your thigh. Right. So you can really rest on it. I mean, I hope that's what you feel. Yeah, no, for but, sure. Uh, when I tried it, this is what I felt. So yeah, lovely saddle for cross-country. If you want safety and to be able to breathe when you're actually galloping, yeah, Get that one. <laughs> so, and it's it's an amazing saddle, and I love it. Um, and it's amazing. Like I can show jump in that one. Yeah. And it's so balanced and great. That's the. What is the name of this one again? Soul. Soul. Yeah. I didn't want to get it wrong. That's all I was right. about to That's call it the right. Yeah. <laughs> so basically, all the saddles have a name of a big show. Yes. So in France, the only saddle, I mean, the only guy who won the Olympics in show jumping yeah. was in Seoul at the Olympics. So it's Soul. 
Exactly. So we got it. So yeah. the Soul is a great show jump saddle, but the yeah. amazing thing is this saddle, the badminton, um, when I go cross country, I always ride two to three holes shorter yeah, yeah, than yeah. I show jump, yeah. and you don't even know it. When you're in this saddle, you go two or three holes shorter and you feel like you're still the same length as stirrup there, but yeah. then you stand up in your galloping position and you're just so efficient. Yeah. To me, it's the main thing between the, the three saddles is that we are able to modify them 300%. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, we can talk about the, the foam, but I wanted to point out quickly already the shape of the panels. You know, it's yep. such a white gullet, yep. white panels. We have that on every single saddle. To me, it really frees the spine. Again, we're able to adapt. These saddles are fully custom. You can do anything. It's kind of the policy of the company to not have too many models, but to be able to modify them 300%. Sure. Okay. And then if we go into the materials that we use, for example, the panels, so as you are taking them in your hands, um, you know, there is this big debate between wool and foam. Yep. I think let's dive into it. <laughs> wool versus foam. Exactly. So what do you use? <laughs> so we use foam, but we use a special foam. So we thought about it. And to us, you know, we used to work with, uh, with, with wool in the past. But uh, um, to me, in, in panels, the two main things you need is density and accuracy. Right. I would say that wool forever has been the best thing for density because it really kept on um, the panel in the in the you know the shape of the panel. Uh, the one thing it was lacking sometimes it was accuracy. You know, with a, it's actually a human putting more padding into it, and right. so it's super hard to be accurate between the right and the left panel. The foam, contrary to that, was amazing because it was super accurate, but it would drop down on the wither on the wither with time. It was right. compressing, right. and so we created a foam with the University of Toulouse. <laughs> so that's the orange one. Yes. Um, the two things about this foam is that it's as dense, it has the same property of density as the wool, um, and then it, it's accurate like foam. We can shave it by millimeters. Well, and it's amazing to me, like you say these are both foam, but they feel completely different. different. So the white one yeah. is what's in other saddles. Well, yeah, and, and uh, the saddles we had before. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's, it's fine. Squishy. You can it's squish fine, it. It's fine, but yeah. you can squish it. Yeah. And you feel like you could take it and tear it in half with your hands. It's okay. But then you get into this stuff, and it's like... It's almost rubbery foam. I know. I it's know. so cool. It feels like when I was a kid, we had this um, thing in science class yeah, yeah, yeah. where you had to put an egg in a box yeah. and drop it and have the egg not break. Yeah. And you feel like that would do the trick. Exactly. So this one, um, we've been using it for four years. With some horses, it's incredible the difference that it made. So obviously, we can change the panels because they are attached independently sure. to the trees. Yeah. Luckily, because sometimes horses change so much, put so much on muscles with that one that we have sometimes to, check, to change them, which is fine. We can. Um, and then what I wanted to say is that not only it reduced the, pres the pressure points, but also... Um, it, ne it never drops down and to me this is actually key so it doesn't break down exactly it doesn't break down it never compresses it always goes back to its initial form right so when we make a saddle we know it's gonna stay this way right to me this is key well absolutely because then you know what you're riding with on day one is the same yeah. thing you're gonna be riding with in day 800 yeah absolutely and then I want to point out something if you don't mind yep uh, go for it because I really want to, to, to clap the engineers that made it because you know nowadays we see many monoflap saddles where the billets are attached on the flap yes so right now they're attached on the tree you know we have uh, nylons here the yep. billets are going right to the tree one at the back one in the front right I know we talk about materials wool foam to me the first comfort is actually stability yeah because of that instead of giving um, stability, stability to the flap, it's actually the tree that is going to be stable. Sure. So, you know, you're not going to have that saddle that moves at the back of your horse. Well, and that's the thing I'd say when I ride in them, you put them on the horse and you sit down and you feel like it's you are suctioned into the saddle and yeah. the saddle is suctioned into yeah. the horse. Just one seamless thing. It sounds silly, but to me, this is actually key. <laughs> well, it isn't silly. That's the most important piece, exactly. right? So, yeah. All right. Well, listen, Hippo, I really appreciate you coming in. Thank you so much. It's, I think, great for everybody. You know, we 
go to these horse shows and we see all the different saddle makers and you wonder, well, what's the difference? Yeah. And, you know, I appreciate you explaining to us thank what you. the and, difference is. And really, I, want, I really want to, th to say thank you to the guys working with us because I know we had such fun time in Kentucky. Yeah, it was and, great. And uh, to me, this is what it's about. You know, it's still, as much as we do sport, the more we do it when it's fun, the more we're able to For succeed. sure. And I tell you what, I want to be riding in uh, Kentucky next year, like I said, but honestly, it was pretty fun just hanging out with you guys. <laughs> no, I don't want to ride. Yeah, it was actually kind of fun just hanging out. I don't out. want to ride anymore. Like, no, no, it's good to be in the back with you guys. Yeah, that was great. So, listen, I really appreciate it. Thanks Thank for coming you so on. Much, Thank and you. And we're going to be right back, guys. Thanks for uh, hanging out. We're going to check with our sponsors and we'll be back. Thank you, guys. Since 1950, Maison Forestier has been offering its know how to design custom made saddles for passionate riders. In 2016, Maison Forestier took a turn and expanded into the sports world with the goal of improving the performance of the rider-horse pair. You will find a professional, reactive, and fun team to answer your needs. And this is why I have chosen Forestier for all of my saddlery needs. Feel free to contact the saddle expert in your area for more information by visiting www.forestier.com. Jump for Joy fences are easy to move, lightweight, durable, and low maintenance. So we're out here on the cross country. We just finished over in the show jumping over the Jump for Joy fences. Had a great time schooling over them. They're really nice and easy to move, so we were able to adjust some things and really have the exact school that we needed thanks to the Jump for Joy fences. I love them. Order yours at jumpforjoyusa.com. Hey, it's John here. I just want to let you guys know I got back from schooling at Magnolia Sands Farm here in Ocala, Florida. Their cross-country field is perfectly suited for a first outing on a young horse or schooling your upper-level horse. Magnolia Sands offers over 110 jumps ranging from starter to intermediate plus multiple banks, ditches, and waters. They're constantly updating their courses and have even added new ditches and a starter ditch wall. Conveniently located in Northeast Ocala, Magnolia Sands has made it easy for riders and trainers with online waivers, Venmo, and PayPal, and even offer a golf cart for guests. MagnoliaSandsFarm.com Welcome back to the John and Rick Show, brought to you by Horse Trailer Pros. We are joined here by Buck Davidson. Buck, thanks for being here. Um, we are excited to talk to you about a lot of things, but something just happened to you that we, I think you want to educate everybody on, and we're going to kind of get into that. Sounds good. Glad <laughs> John, to be your entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, thanks for coming in, Buck. So, I think everybody knows, but for those who maybe didn't catch all of the news, you went to Kentucky and... Like happens to all of us, you got a random drug testing. And then, correct me if I'm wrong on this, basically then a month or so later, the results come back and you got a positive test, which was insane. Um, and my reaction, like everybody else's who knows you, was you've got to be kidding me. Like if anybody in the sport, <clears throat> Buck is not the guy who's going to get a positive test because I can't even get you to drink a beer with me. So what happened? Well... I mean, it, it, it is, uh, you know, it's actually, it's we sort of make fun of it, but it is obviously a serious thing, you yeah. know, and, um, <clears throat> you know, we play by the same rules as the sprinters or the marathon runners or whatever, um, which we should, <clears throat> which is, uh, you know, and, um, you know, I always say that the cheaters are always ahead of the testers, right? And so somebody that's really cheating is going to look out for this stuff. And <clears throat> I said, I, I just simply didn't renew my paperwork for the TUE. <clears throat> I've been on the same medication and same doctor, same 
everything. So TU is a therapeutic use yes. exemption. Exactly. Right. Yep. So it's a legal medication. You just have to get the paperwork in order and, and you basically go permission to, from your doctor. Well, not just your doctor, but I had to go to the world expert on this. And, <clears throat> and so it's not just like you can just call up the doc in the box and get this done. Like okay. it's not, it's a legit right. real thing. And, um, and it's, <clears throat> they don't give it to everybody. And, um, you know, it's, people have different things that they have to live with. Right. So how <clears throat> long, I don't, we don't want to get into your stuff, but how long does it take to get a TUE done? So originally, I mean, so I've been on this stuff since I was like, since I was a little kid and the, um, the TUE, I can't remember, but I've had to go down to, like I had to go down to Baltimore to meet with this world expert and my other doctors in just outside of New York City. And to get it originally was, <clears throat> a little while, a couple right. months maybe. Right. I'm not right. sure right. how long it took, but <clears throat> it, w it was a long enough time ago that <laughs> I don't remember that either. Right. Well, I, and I don't think to, to that point that I don't think it was very well public publicated. Publicated? Is that, is that a Pub word? Publicized. Publicized. That's the word. That in 2019, when we had the issues at the Jockey Club, um, a lot of people didn't even understand how to apply for the TUE and how the documents you had to go through and how the paperwork that needed to be done. And I think back then we were starting to educate on how to do that. But then once you get that done, <clears throat> Buck, I think it, it's this whole renewal thing that is coming into play that's causing, causing a problem. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, like I said, like anybody that knows me probably is not totally surprised that I Missed, missed the, a deadline. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I was shocked. I was shocked when I heard that yeah. you had the positive test, and then when you said it was paperwork, I was like, "Oh yeah, okay, that makes sense." Yeah, I mean, it was, but I, but luckily, I have to go to a doctor every uh, every three three months to get checked, and right. so I have done that since a little kid, and I have all the documentation. And what's really the saddest thing for me is, or for like, I, like I feel obviously terrible. For, for everybody that right. I hurt, right? The sport, the, the FBI, the USCF, um, <clears throat> you know, my mom, my, you know, my, my family. Right. Um, and to see your, your like mom upset about it, you know? Right. Like, and, um, it, you know, it's, it, <clears throat> what was hard to take is how quickly we could respond to a positive test, but why they couldn't have notified us earlier, right? <clears throat> like, right. Why, why did this, you know, like, why can they tell us of the penalty but not tell us that, you know, that we're about to lose our license, essentially? And that's right. what I equate it to is just losing your license. You know, I, like, I'm not trying to be uh, flippant about this at all. But, you know, when you lose your, when you get your license expired, you usually know when the cop comes up and tells you you're going too fast. And by the way, your license was expired. Right. And so when your license is expired, they don't throw you in jail for it. It's not like you don't have a license. It's just expired. It's different right. than suspended sure. or, or revoked. And so I had it to you, you know, like, you know, I just messed up on the paperwork. Well, I, I think it's pretty important to understand that what now is happening is everybody's trying to find out what that protocol is, right? Where is it in writing? How do you get the renewal? Who tells you you need to be renewed? Where is it kept? You know, and so doing the filing. So the good thing is, as I understand from this case, that the ITA, which is the 
I don't say International Testing Associate Agency right. or something, but it might be something different. Something but it is like definitely that. the ITA, and <clears throat> they they handle all the drug positives in <clears throat> in the world. And luckily, mine was very cut and dry, right? right. Like yeah, it's very work. very difficult to get a, get a retroactive TUE. Right. And um, <clears throat> my lawyer made me well aware of that, and like, look, Buck, everything you got makes total sense. He's like, but I don't know. But now, the, apparently they're working towards, <clears throat> like three months out, the ITA sending an email saying, you're about to... Which would make sense. Yeah. And so, they're, you know, from what I understand, they're not going to go chase down if you got a new email. But <clears throat> that whatever you had on file there will send you an email. So that would be hugely <clears throat> beneficial, obviously. Um, Do we know how long your TUE is good for? Is it annual renewal, or no, is it it's so every three years? Is four it years? Every four years. Yeah, they can. I think they can. I think I, they can. I can't do remember two, a year ago. Yeah, <laughs> I think they can do two, fair. four, and five years. Okay. <clears throat> so you can set alarms on your phone. Done. You can do that. <laughs> now, you can anybody, anybody that knows me knows I don't have my phone with me all the time. Right. <laughs> and also, you probably won't have the same phone in four years. Yeah, but I guarantee but it will be all over everywhere. Trust me. I guarantee they know, you will not miss it. Yeah, this is this is not going to happen. Again. You probably actually get people messaging you like that you don't even know. Be like, hey, Buck. Yeah, I should put that. Up. It's been three and a half that, years, man. Does anybody watch the show? I have a lot of I people watch the show. Probably they're going to watch it now because hey, look, there's Buck. <laughs> right. He's such a loser. <laughs> no, you're not. <laughs> Listen, let, let me tell you, it, it was I was very relieved for you when when you did get it worked out and they lifted the suspension and, you know, lessons learned. And yeah. I think the biggest thing is educating everybody else there that it that does have, have a TUE, that they need to really be conscientious now, <clears throat> just knowing from you of what to do. And maybe we can get some help from the ITA for giving these um, <clears throat> and the Federation. And yeah. the Federation. I mean, and like I said, you know, obviously, I've, you know, <clears throat> trying to figure out where it went wrong, right? Right. Where, what, you know, like <clears throat> I have, you know, the 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 yep. best yep. best secretary in the in the world. I get the best doctors in the world. I get the best federation in the world, and the best team doctor for the and federation. Those. And it's <clears throat> slipped through all of us. And um, <clears throat> and um, these things happen, right? right? These things happen. Um, and you know, obviously, I'm a big sports fan. <clears throat> but you know, Do we somebody know? does steroids or something. They're like, "Oh well, my cousin gave me this stuff, and I didn't know it had it." Like, and that's you know, then you start, you get grouped in, right? So you've like, been juicing. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, you do sort of, you know, you, you like you worry about your reputation. Of course you do, right? Sure. Like yep. you know, like in, you know, like <clears throat> I. But I knew what I did, and I'm so thankful that. Um, that it was, you know, Clear so enough. quick, in like yeah. in less than two weeks, it, it which was is done pretty quickly. which is crazy. Like my lawyer, like everybody that my some, you know, friends, owners, whatever but, that researched it said nobody's gotten less than two two months, and um, really getting a retroactive TUE is almost impossible. And um, so I got all that, and so that was cool. So <laughs> I know, like I said, when I heard it, I was like, no way. What was sort of the feedback you got from did, did you get feedback from other competitors from riders from friends i'm assuming everybody was pretty supportive of you in this whole thing because like i said you are the one guy in the sport that you'd be the last person that i would think of this with so i would assume 
it was all pretty good. I mean, I know there were some people, internet trolls probably that weren't great, but I would assume everybody was pretty supportive of you. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, I mean, I'm not gonna lie, I was, I was at a clinic in Idaho and when, I, when the USCF lawyer called me and for some reason I had my phone and I called it back. And I, when she told me, she said, you know, I said, well, I said, just call Mark. Get the TUE. He's got the TUE, no problem. Right. And she's like, oh, great, thank you. And she called me back and she's like, well, Buck, uh, it's expired now. So, you know, I went into a little bit of, you know, like, Spiral. just gotta get, I gotta fix this, right? right. Like, it, I know, I knew what I, like, I knew who I was, right? Like, I knew, yep. I, I knew without a shadow of a doubt, <clears throat> I didn't take a drug, I've never taken a drug, you know what I mean? Right. Like, I knew that I hadn't been around anybody, you know, like, I knew that you everything knew was, was gonna be fine. <laughs> um, but, Yes, people, <clears throat> the biggest problem was like, I got told not to say anything. So, you know, I was supposed to go to Essex and I wasn't at Essex. I was supposed to be at Bromont. I wasn't at Bromont, right? But nobody, <clears throat> and I'm not the easiest person in the world to get a hold of. Right. But, yeah, no, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I, I couldn't tell anybody. I couldn't, yeah. I couldn't even tell my, I couldn't even tell my mom. I could like, I just said, you, know, you just, just sat still. I just don't worry. You know, yeah. Well, I was, I was on the phone with yeah, well, you know, you know what were, I mean. Yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, look, people were great, like, but nobody's gonna call you up and say, "Hey, I knew this was gonna happen to you." You know right. what I mean? Like, yeah, that's fair. You know, so you know, like, uh, yes, obviously, people were very supportive, but um, at the end of the day, I guess I, I you go in stages, right? First, I was gonna fix it. And then I sort of was like, there's no chance, this, there's no way I could be in trouble for this. And then you go to that place where you're like, <clears throat> uh, this might be two years. <clears throat> right. my, my, career, right. my career is over, right? right. And <clears throat> the, everything went into stall mode, right? Like, because there, you can't do anything. You, can't, you just got to sit there. Yeah, and you just so, wait and wait. And I mean, I checked, like, I never have my phone. I never, Sarah does all my emails. Like, <clears throat> I never... And I check that phone every five minutes for emails. To, like, Wonder, I actually, I called you <clears throat> and you answered and I was shocked. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense now. Yeah. <laughs> so, so you got the word um, and that must have been a big relief. How, yeah. how were you told? I got an email at 4.35 a.m. Which you got. <clears throat> that I got, that I, uh, that the suspension was lifted and um, that <clears throat> all the, I think it's called AAF or something? Yeah. Wait, come up with that. What is that for? AAF. American Association for Effing Up. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Perfect. Yeah. There you go. Uh, that they had, you know, cleared me of all any wrongdoing and there was no drug offense. And, um, Perfect. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, you know. Uh, it was a relief. I'm not going to lie. I didn't, like, I didn't think I've ever cried happy tears before, but I did then. That's I was like. I hear that. And, I mean, the email came at 4.35, I bet you I saw it at 4.37. I mean, I literally, all through the night, I was still checking, you right. know, and I knew it was coming from Europe, so I knew it would be Babe. early, right. and Which is so it wasn't even, it was gave me like maybe 10 days in total, but I mean, That's a it, days. it felt like forever, and like you're, I mean, you can't sleep, you, you know, you, you don't want to, I don't want, didn't want to put anybody in a position to to tap to to lie, right? And I didn't want to. I didn't want to have you know. Not by saying that they would say the wrong thing, but <clears throat> if nobody knew, if you called up Rick and you know Rick and talked to me, <clears throat> if he said I didn't, he didn't know. He didn't know. 
You know what I mean? Like right. if I told right. him, you know, then he'd, go, he'd have to say, well, you know, eventually. Right. You, you, nobody knew. And what I didn't want was anybody getting blamed, right? <clears throat> right? Like, because, you know, at the end of the day, my life, my responsibility, sure. my job. Well, you, uh, we're happy that you got it cleared up. Now what we're going to do is we're going to take a break, yeah. and then we're going to come back and say how you're going to track back up and get back <laughs> there you go. with those 10 days that you had off that kind of blew your schedule a little bit. Let's do that. For a horse owner on the road, your trailer is essential. No one enjoys being stuck on the road. At Horse Trailer Pros, we repair, renovate, and maintain all makes and models of horse trailers. We work directly with your insurance company or manufacturer for warranty repairs and insurance claims. Our state-of-the-art facility provides quick turnaround and friendly customer service. Considering a living quarter conversion, we do those too. Find comfort on the road with Horse Trailer Pros. Call or text 352-804-2131. Horsetrailerpros.com. Grant Showalter has over 15 years of equine bodywork and saddle fitting experience. His technique allows him to identify and alleviate tightness in muscles. He uses trigger point massage to release points of restriction. Grant has over a decade of experience fitting and adjusting a wide variety of saddles. His expertise in equine physiology coupled with a thorough understanding of the importance of a properly fitted saddle allows him to quickly identify and correct any balance issues. Grant can also adjust your saddle on site. Grant works on all of my competition horses and I have noticed a significant improvement in their performance at competitions and their overall way of going. Grant's based in Ocala, Florida year-round but regularly travels to the surrounding areas. For more information or to schedule an appointment, call 484-639-4454. Welcome back to the John and Rick Show, brought to you by Horse Trailer Pros, and we're still here catching up with Buck Davidson. So, Buck, we kind of went through the whole nightmare of this test, um, but the other thing now um, is that you've got to sort of figure out what you're going to do with these horses, because you, like you said, you missed Bromont would be the big <coughs> one, right? Um, so, how are you going to deal with that? Well, I mean, I still rode, right? Like, I still, <clears throat> I was up in Pennsylvania, and so... Um, uh, yeah, I was supposed to ride business class in the in the long four sharp Vermont, um, and so um, you know I was still able to you know train him and, right. and do all that stuff, and um, and so he was really the only one that was kind of affected, and um, so he's going to go to Stableview <clears throat> this weekend in the advance, and then um, if all goes well, then maybe go to Montana for okay. the long four star. Not to Rebecca. Um, not to Rebecca. Yep, and um, so. Um, yeah, so I mean, it, look, if there's a time to have it happen, I guess, you know, um, it was, it was then, but, you know, so, yeah, well, you know, worst things have happened in the world. Man. Right. Well, stable view, and then Montana would be a, a good one. So when's the last time you were at Montana? I had gone a few, I hadn't gone for a few years now. I, I was, Sarah's going to be happy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... I, I hope. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> maybe she won't. I don't know. Maybe she'll be like, no, stay away. Don't <laughs> you know, come. Like, yeah, That's don't not come. Sarah. Sarah would want you there. Yeah, so, I have, I've been, uh, I'd gone, like I've, I'd done the four star, the, like I went out there when they, you know, back years ago when right, they sent right. plane and stuff. And, uh, but then I went to, I, you know, I've, I've won the four star, the long four star out there, um, the long three star. Um, so cool I've been event. yeah I've been there yeah a few times so. So how's your golfing? Yeah, the golf did not really happen. Surprisingly, it wasn't that I was. 
First of all, I can't afford it anymore. <laughs> these lawyers are not cheap. <laughs> and, uh, and those yeah. green, those greens are expensive. Yeah, exactly. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, no. Well, I was just looking. I was like, oh yeah, you play a lot of golf. Yeah. You so know? yeah, Will, Will Coleman and Graham Tom and Tommy Fido right. and I, we uh, we go out and play. And you yeah. should go to Danella. They have like a nine-hole public course. Yeah. It's super cheap. Yeah, and you can pay, play as many holes as you want. I've, I've already, I've night. already signed up for Golden Ocala. Like I'm, there going, you go. I'm getting my money's worth, man. You can go <laughs> to Dunellen, rent clubs, get a golf cart, and golf. Probably you could you do easy. No, this is great. Eight, no, but this is part of the John, experience. John, you can go to the Kentucky Horse Park and you can rent horses and ride. Yeah, like exactly. This, you know? this is what I'm saying. And there's no pressure then. Exactly. No yeah. pressure at Dunellen Golf Course, and you can get a. Well, I know you're going to be big into this. A six pack of Coors Light. And Sounds a bag good. of ice for it, and it's like how much spend, is the ice? Maybe I get that. You can do the whole expensive. day for like thirty bucks. Uh, you, yeah, it's yeah, pretty great. You can't, light. you can't do that at Golden Oak. No, I know. Yeah. This is what I'm saying. This is a different tax bracket. You and yeah, I. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm just a yeah. humble podcaster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Humble, yeah. Uh, so the <laughs> other thing I wanted to say is, have you out in Montana? Have you done the road to the sky thing? I have. Is that not terrifying? What is that? Yeah, That's that, the most scary road yeah, I've see, ever been on. Have you ever yeah. seen Mad Max Fury Road? Yeah. It's like it's, it's pretty like cool that. Pretty, it goes up, up the, the spiral. Thing is, the only thing is irritating. Like I, I don't. I, I like to go faster than most people. I'm not big into taking the pictures. I want to get the t-shirt right. Like I want to get to the top of the hill. Yeah, I'm I thought, here. I thought that was me. I'm out of here. Yeah. I went up, and you're on the right side, which is the cliff side. Yeah. And I got about halfway up, and I looked at you, and I'm like. I can't do this. That's so terrible. Yeah, well, my dad used to take me out in the Black oh. Hills all the time hunting, and we would be on those on like timber roads. It's the worst. You know what? The only thing is worse than driving up that, that? mountain is when you get yeah, halfway up and really? when you drive halfway up and you realize you need to turn around. Yeah. And you do like a 14 point turn on the side of a cliff trying to get back down the other side. Yeah, why did you do that? Because it was scary. <laughs> it was super scary, man. But that seems scarier. Like, no, it was. It was. Well, he does yeah. a lot of things. Like, he blew up his jet engine and his um, so I love that it was a jet engine. Well, yeah. whatever it was. What tax bracket are you in? I, just, <laughs> I, I don't have a jet remember, engine. I not remember, you know? Yeah. He seems to, like, go and buy these exotic boats and all that. Well, I'll show you my boat after the show, because I want to make sure I build suspense for this boat for the, our audience. It's, big, it's a big story. I heard this good saying the other day. I think John was born on third base, but he thinks he hit a triple. <laughs> Right. I know I get that. That's good. Um, trust me, like this that. is not a fancy boat. And, uh, yeah, it does not have a jet engine. He goes to Montana and drives up the road to the sun. I'm that's that's I'm out terrifying. I'm riding around on horses thinking I'm going to get better. It doesn't happen. I know, right? So did y'all watch the U.S. Open? No. I did, yeah. That Wyndham guy is yeah. the second pro game or professional. Second, second win. And second win, yeah. yeah. Or his second win. I was yeah. busy riding while you guys were watching. Oh, yeah. I don't know I what mean, you're doing. But yeah. You were suspended, so you couldn't No, ride. I wasn't suspended. I was happy. <laughs> <laughs> I was happy. I didn't maybe watch the first round. <laughs> All right, so we got Montana for, for the one that missed a four-long at Bromont. And then what are you going to do in the fall? Um... Are you doing? You put me on the spot here. Okay, I so mean, here, did I'm the horses the road to the sun first? Did I'm the horses come out of Kentucky in decent shape? <laughs> yes. Well, uh, here you want some news? Yeah. yeah. Here we go. Here's some news for here everybody. Here we go. Yeah. Uh, uh, Madeline O'Brien is going to is riding Carlebo now. 
Oh, wow. So, there you go. There's the controversy. That is. Look at that. You know, you guys want first on the John and Rick here. show. No controversy. Yeah. Um, but so that she, is going to be like in the title sequence. There you go. Yeah, the teaser. And, and uh, so she's doing her first event on him uh, this weekend. I mean, at Stable? Uh, I'm sorry that know. that came to an end for you. And No, great that's horse, great. But... No, it's great. I mean, it's, uh, look, uh, uh, Jim and Katie and, and Madeline have been you know, uh, supporters of mine. They have big time interest in Allie Knowles, who's been a student forever. And um, <clears throat> so, you know, I, like I obviously everybody knows I love my horses and yep. I don't want to run them into the ground. And he was 16 and he's done so much. Done a lot. Yep. And, um, you know, it's, uh, you just wanted to have him have a, you know, he's, he's sound and happy and yep. what an opportunity for a kid to learn on. <clears throat> and that's what he should be doing. That's the that's, level that's that he's, great. you know, he probably was never really made to go five star. He just had a hard, had a hard, hard goal. Yeah. And, um, so, um, yeah, just to get to, you know, she sends me videos to, you know, give her some tips or whatever. And um, so, yeah, so Carlevo is, uh, <clears throat> I think, the event, is, is there an event in Kentucky this weekend? Maybe. Maybe she wants to stay with you. I don't know. Right. I don't know. But That's news we we heard it yeah, here. That's great heard for it, her. You heard it here. Yep. And so. Uh, so that, that <clears throat> alleviates that one for the fall. But. Yep. And then uh, uh, Errol Gobi won the, 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 the Devon class oh right. that's right and, congratulations uh, on that thank you so that was good and then um and uh Surakama has come out really well and he you know so uh yeah things are looking up Cooley Candyman's back good and um <clears throat> so uh and business class is a, a big time upgrade to my situation he won the three star on my first ride on him at at, <clears throat> at Tryon a few weeks ago and um so <clears throat> yeah so it's a good group of horses. Things are looking up. Yep. You are back and legit. Back and legit. So that's awesome. Yeah. Um, look, we appreciate you coming in and sort of setting the record straight with everybody. I'm glad that things worked out as we all knew they would, but you just hope <clears throat> the system works and it did. So that's great. And uh, yeah, man, thanks for taking the time. Who's the highest paid quarterback in the NFL? Um, Who do you play for? Is it? The Jalen Hurts, the guy so, with yeah. the smallest arm in the NFL. The the guy that went right past you guys. Yeah. <laughs> so. I sent you the picture of him throwing that last pass at the Super Bowl, right? Yeah. This tiny little arm at the Super Bowl. At the Super Bowl. Yeah. How how did you guys do? You know what? I like Jalen. Yeah. Let's yeah. not do this. Okay. <laughs> so thanks everybody like for that. joining us for today's show, Bucks. Thanks for coming on. I'm sorry that you're an Eagles fan. It's yeah. terrible. You're and uh, we'll be back in what a couple weeks. Yeah. Awesome. We have an awesome show for you guys today. The greatest defender of all time. Good news for the sport.